1: The Steelers Outpost podcast, a proud member of the Armchair All Americans Network. It's April 14th, 2019, episode 87. This is Tom from the Washington, D.C. Outpost. And as usual, Nick joins me from the Houston Outpost. While we were recording last week, Antonio Brown was still chirping at Juju's heels. I'm sure everybody's heard this story a million times, but it would be a failure on our part not to acknowledge uh, this war of words that that continues.
0: Yeah, we I mean, I was so bummed out. We were almost going to have to stop talking about Antonio Brown the traitor, the heartbreaker, the uh the psychopath, if you will. But thank God that something actually came up. We don't need to spend that much time on it cuz obviously this was all over the national news last week, but it is just crazy that AB, he just he can't win, can he? He won't let himself win. He won't let himself be happy. Basically AB went on another one of his uh quarterly inexplicable like twitter rants or if, it, if it's on a twitter it's usually to some reporters or whatever and he started the morning by saying uh, a tweet that related to nothing that said keep your emotions off the internet and then he sent out some subsequent tweets that seemed pretty emotional uh, which a steeler fan responded to one of those tweets with a picture of juju smith schuster pittsburgh steelers team mvp ab responded to that and basically said Juju, you know, I'm not going to decode A.B.'s, whatever language he uses, uh, his own personal brand of English. But basically what he said in response to that picture was Juju fumbled in the biggest game of the year and basically got us knocked out of the playoffs, referencing Juju's fumble at the end of that Saints game. And uh, everyone's too busy making him famous To know what the facts are. Check the list. I assume that means the stats or something like that. And then Juju responds to him with, keep your emotions off the internet. The same tweet that he started with. But Juju wasn't done there. He then followed up and stood up for himself. He stood his ground and said, basically, I showed this man nothing but love since the second I came into the NFL. I was even genuinely happy for him when he went to Oakland and got a big new contract. But this is how he... Like thanks me. This is how he behaves. He said that that ego must be enormous to, to to act like this. And of course, AB couldn't just let it die there. The next day, he posts a screenshot, which I do not know how he has this or how he found this. A screenshot of a DM on Instagram, a direct message that Juju sent to him while Juju was still at USC. It was basically a picture of Juju at USC saying, hey, A.B., basically, you're the best in the world. I really respect your game. Do you have any advice for a young receiver like me to improve my game? And A.B. shares that picture thinking that it's going to make Juju look bad for some reason, but all it did was make the public love Juju more. It's like, wow, look how humble he is. He's complimentary. He's willing to learn.
1: I'll tell you how he found it. The man is insane. He probably spent – he probably had his people spend – Hours and hours for days in a row until they found this thing. And remember how we talk about it's not the it's not the end of the journey. It's the journey. And I think that's true with AB. It's not that he achieved any uh, statistics or a hot, big contract. It's he just needs to keep it going and he needs to keep the, the limelight and the, the attention going. And unfortunately, he's chosen a, path, a negative path. It'll be curious to see. Um, I'm sure that'll be embraced in Oakland no no slam to the Oakland Knights but you know they kind of like that bad boy image
0: yeah they do and i'm sure that gruden's trying to foster that again but it is funny that their new the best player on their team still can't talk uh, can't stop talking about his ex-girlfriend so that's kind of funny uh, little so bit we, can we move on i
1: think i think we I think we've
0: <laughs> yeah i think we've covered that pretty thoroughly but all i'll say it was it was nice That finally there was a little bit of redemption for Ben a little bit this week when the national media sees AB take such a ridiculous shot on him. And there was a lot of sentiment saying, oh, Le'Veon Bell's whining that people don't like his horrifically bad raps. AB is taking shots at most loved players in the league from the Steelers who have never done anything to him. Maybe Ben isn't the sole issue for all of the Steelers' problems. So... That was nice to see the the media starting to walk that back a little bit. But like I said before, some people are just never gonna. They they want Ben to be a huge problem. They want to defend super mega stars like A B and Le'Veon no matter what because I think that a lot of people interpret that as I'm being pro player and it's not always that black and white. But yep, we can move on. I read an interesting
1: article this morning by John Clayton, and in it he's talking about the strategy for NFL teams uh, building their rosters. He claims that GMs and cap experts say that a um, roster should be limited to $100 million for the top eight or so players. Or actually, I'm sorry, should limit it to about $80 million for their top eight players. So there's about $100 million left for the rest of the team. Okay. He goes on to say that the five positions, well, maybe he's representing what these capologists say. Five positions you need to pay the most to are the quarterback, edge rusher, mm-hmm. wide receiver, cornerback, Corner. and offensive tackle.
0: Yep. Basically, you want the you need to pay the quarterback, that's number 1, and then you need to pay the guys who can get the quarterback, the the edge rushers. Therefore, you need to pay the guys to stop those guys from getting the quarterback the tackles and then the quarterback needs someone to throw to and you need someone to guard them so it all revolves around the quarterback and the guys who are uh, most closely related to his success and it's funny that you know center is not on there uh, it's not surprising but a center is another position that is critical to a quarterback success you've seen especially you know Pouncy with ben and then jeff saturday with peyton manning are two that i always remember because then you have somebody you can rely on um, not just to be the leader of the offensive line, but you can rely on them in a more literal sense and the fact that they make a ton of the protection calls and identify um, the defense, the front and the mic and all and the stuff like that. And sometimes Ben or Peyton Manning back in the day don't have to deal with as much as uh, of that stuff. And they're able to, to focus elsewhere and they can trust the pounce here a Saturday, but yeah, it doesn't surprise me that those are the, um, the positions that you have to focus on. So that sort of speaks directly to where the Steelers are at. Obviously, they're still paying for Antonio Brown now. But when the steel when it became apparent in like 2015 that the Steelers had some major superstar firepower with Bell, Brown, and Bryant, I remember we used to say like This is this is going to have a short shelf life. There's no way you're going to be able to keep these guys in your team." And yep, they're still paying for Brown right now. But I guess the Steelers are closer to that model that you're speaking about that $80 million for the top eight players now that those guys have been jettisoned like, I mean next year they'll be really officially in that status when they're not paying for A.B.
1: Well if you don't, ca- not counting dead cap dead cap money i.e. Um, Antonio Brown the Steelers are spending a little over $100 million for their top players and the only so the they do cover the quarterback you got Cam Hayward and um, Stefan Tewitt in there yeah like the cast uh, you mentioned um center marquise Pouncy, he's in there as well as the castro so if you're looking at this article as a gauge and you know who knows whether these things are right or wrong the Steelers are plenty over the um i guess the best practices is yeah, called yeah, in this article uh, they're
0: greedy and they don't pay their players you, you you must be wrong there so a couple because that's the implication
1: I'm um, tweaking some some nerves there. I'm sorry about that. I'm just trying to stick to the facts here. The other fact is that the Steelers counting all the players t- accounted for in, sorry, accounting for all the players today, the cap space were four four and a half million dollars over the cap. this is really kind of meaningless because they still need to comb through this thing. But it does show that the Steelers do not have a lot of room, which is why I think I think what they did in free agency was probably as good as you can do.
0: I mean, like we said, it's, it's kind of boring to be a Steelers fan in free agency when you, you get the Mark Barons and the Morgan Burnetts and the John Bosticks and the Stephen Nelsons of the world. But those are the kind of signings you, you want, more or less, unless you have a New England Patriots system, which, of course, is always the exception of the rule, particularly because the coaching is so unbelievable and because their quarterback, one of the greatest quarterbacks and players to ever play the game, intentionally takes a lower salary so that they can sign more people. And I guess we'll find out what Ben takes uh, once his contract gets done coming up here. I would expect him – I would hope that he would go kind of the Drew Brees route where Brees signed last year. And he didn't take the Brady discount, but he could have made a claim to be the, the highest quarter paid quarterback if he wanted to. But he uh, took a more manageable salary. So I would hope Ben would do that at this point with all the money he's made in order to make a run at the Super Bowl. But the signings, the the Burnetts and the Nelsons and those guys, those are – solid signings. Did those guys pan out last year? No. Uh, We'll see how they do this year. Um, You know, like I said, that Patriot system is interesting because they make those types of signings, the Rex Burkheads, the Danny Amendolas, guys like that. But then they also are able to sign Stefan Gilmore, Darrell Rivas, Brandon Browner, like big name free agents. The Steelers uh, haven't been in the position to do that. But when you look at how, overpaid a C.J. Mosley get, you know, what kind of money he got. He makes almost Antonio Brown money for the New York Jets, while Antonio Brown and the Steelers money. To put that in perspective, for a middle linebacker who's a very good linebacker, but by no means a top three guy in the league. So sort of the the nature of free agency. I mean, I know we've probably spent a lot of time talking about that, but um, does that article include like – does it talk about the Eagles and the Falcons and the Rams and these teams that have quarterbacks on rookie deals? Um, does Is that like sort of what they're referencing, that a lot of those types of teams are making it to the Final Four to the Super Bowl every year?
1: I'm going to be honest with you. I got through a third of the article and I had yeah. to get ready for the okay. podcast, so yeah, I'm pretty a dry. little underprepared. I know you have, to, you, speaking to Seattle, you wanted to mention something, but when you're talking about free agents, I'm just going back to another article, coincidentally, by John Clayton, who wrote it in March, talking about the success of free agent moves. And one of the statistics he came up with is of the 49 highest paid players in the 2016 free agency, only 14 are still on those, the teams that signed them. So, you know, we might not get flashy free agents. And the, the, there are some who obviously do a great job on their team. But by and large, that does not seem like a good investment. Can I just move on quickly? I, I want to also mention, so the Steelers are in pretty good shape for next year. We're going to get that money back from AB. TJ Watt, Juju Smith-Schuster, and James Conner still are locked in. All the line. But Javon Hargrave, Hargrave comes due next year. He'll be an unrestricted free agent. So that might be a guy you have to pay.
0: Who knows? We'll see how he does this year. He came on, he had a great rookie season then and dipped a little bit in that second year. But by the second half of this past season, he was on fire. And if he picks up like yeah. that this year at the beginning, and we can remain relatively healthy with that front three especially, that's one of the reasons why the Steelers could be a lot better than people think. So I think that they have any chance of winning, you know, 12 or 14 games. No, it's a, it's a really competitive division in conference. But i you know, where we stand right now, I sort of do expect them to go to the playoffs because if you have Hargrave playing like he was, you know, to it starting off strong, you know what you got in Hayward, then you have a, a top flight defensive line and a top flight offensive line. And that alone, forget the Hall of Fame quarterback and the skill guys, that's how good teams get made. And just – Doubling back real quick to the free agency thing, like I was saying, a free agency, it is nice to get those kind of players who fill holes. The Steelers, you know, they wanted Roby, you know, Brandon, whatever, what's his name, Brandon Roby? Well, Roby from the cornerback from Denver, who's a step above a Steven Nelson. So it's not like they're intentionally trying to get – you know, C plus players to fill in in holes, but that's kind of what's been available to them. I do wish they had been able to sign somebody like Earl Thomas, who, yes, he gets a little overpaid on free agency, but not outrageously. So, and that is something I would look for them to do next year because, you know, you're locked in with the superstar quarterback with Ben Roethlisberger. You're going to have big money on the books. You're not going to be able to get below that $80 million that you were talking about. So hopefully next year without that dead cap money from Brown, they do have a little bit. Uh, of leeway to go sign a difference maker like we've seen the Patriots do with Revis, like we saw the Rams do with Indomit Sue and, and uh, to leave and Peters and guys like that. And, and, you know, even the year before them, the Eagles signed a bunch of people. So you do want to make those impact signings. Hopefully the Steelers could have a little bit more money to have some freedom to do something like that.
1: Well the other um the other guy in the top 8 is Bud Dupree. So you could see Ouch. Ben getting getting I don't think they're going to make Ben the highest paid quarterback. So I think they'll still leave some room there. You have the cap, you have the cap money released by AB and I just can't imagine Bud Dupree still on the team at this salary, $9 million.
0: No, it's interesting. I guess that'll be an interesting situation to monitor because I actually don't have a problem with Bud Dupree staying on the team for a while this year. You know, Oh. Definitely this year And I don't even Mind him being Like a starting defenseman for a while Just You just have to Cut that salary down tr- By more than half And we'll They might be able To do that Because I don't You know We hope he plays Really well this year But I don't see Teams out there I don't envision Them like clamoring To pick up the guy I don't think you can Have an all-star At every single position Right Sometimes you just need A guy who can get The job done And then you can Focus your draft efforts On, on, on other areas So we'll You know Obviously, this year you're overpaying him. We'll see what happens, how he plays this year. We'll see what they do with him, what type of competition it is. Maybe you do just bring in a guy like a William Gay they had for years. He's he's not going to the Pro Bowl, but he can be trusted relatively on the outside. But it'll depend on the draft breaks because there's like six or seven sort of blue chip edge rushers, first round type guys this year. And maybe if the corners aren't available that the Steelers want or the inside linebackers, maybe they do go with an edge guy and a phase butt out. But excuse me, we'll see how that goes.
1: So there is an emerging story, and you could see this starting to really catch fire on the internet, uh having to do with Russell Wilson.
0: Yes, I don't know if you've seen seen the same thing I have. So there was a rumor that the Seahawks might not re up Russell Wilson's contract, which is insane because he is i think you got Rodgers, mahomes and wilson and then you have a whole nother tier of quarterbacks out there and i know people want to clamor about brady and breeze who are awesome but they're not brady and breeze from three years ago okay you just you have to accept that doesn't ruin their place in history or anything like that but when it comes to dominating games especially with very little help around them Russell Wilson and Rodgers, who played on one leg last year, they're the gold standard. And we'll see what happens with Mahomes. But it's rumored that the Seahawks are going to either trade him after this year or let him walk because they think they want to like subscribe to that theory of the best way to get to the Super Bowl is have a quarterback on a rookie deal. Same way they got to the Super Bowl, they kind of pioneered this strategy with Russell Wilson. You have a quarterback on a rookie deal, and then you can spend all this money to load up around him, like the Rams did, like the Eagles did the year before them. Even in like the the championship games, you had Case Keenum two years ago and Blake Bortles playing for the Jaguars and the Vikings. So. That, to me, I, I get where you're coming from with that because it, it has been a huge trend. A large percentage of the teams making it to the Final Four, to the Super Bowl, have had quarterbacks on rookie deals. And that enables you to do what the Rams did and sign Sue, Peters, and Tlaib. I mean, that's ridiculous. You, the thought of the Steelers getting one guy, one free agent of that price tag is psychotic. They they got three, four, five, if you count the linemen, they got two, Whitworth. But – I think this is the – I don't know about you. I think this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life in the history of everything that I've ever heard, ever. It's like – it's just the most arrogant thing of all time, and I feel like it's an oversimplification. If you have someone like Russell Wilson – who is an elite runner, an elite thrower, and doesn't require great players around him. They've been in a neck-and-neck death match battle with the Houston Texans for the past three years on who has the worst offensive line. These guys are barely even semi-professional. They tried to send them all to the AAF. The AAF wouldn't even take these guys. But you just put Russell Wilson back there. His best receiver almost never plays on – on on less than one broken leg. Doug Baldwin is always playing on one leg. And Russell Wilson basically just runs back there, hands it off to his running backs who average three yards a carry every time. And then he just does his little pirouette and runs back and forth and then just chucks bombs for touchdowns. And they somehow keep winning games. And you're going to let this guy go because you think that you can build some Super Bowl team right away. The reason why they got to the Super Bowl with Russell Wilson initially – was because they had a 1970s Pittsburgh Steelers esque legendary one of a kind draft class where they got like three Hall of Famers in one draft. I can't remember who it was like Thomas Sherman and 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 I don't know Bobby Wagner or Bennett or somebody, but they got all those guys in one or two drafts. And you're just not going to be able to replicate that type of success. But with a Russell Wilson or a Roethlisberger or a Rogers or a Brady or a Breeze yeah you're not going to compete for the super bowl every single year but the way i look at it with those super quarterbacks is like the worst case is you're going to be down for a couple years like let's look at the steelers eight and eight years and then you're back into a window and you might be out of the window for a second and then you're back into it i don't i don't think you can like reverse engineer that quarterback on a rookie deal thing i don't do you have any thoughts on that like, is there merit to that or do you think that it's smart yeah. that they would let him go and and try and all the money? I think this company.
1: is typical. This is typical overthinking, overcoaching, thinking you can guess the next the next big thing. And uh, I, I will go with who i got. It's it's arrogance and it's proven time and time again. These guys overthink. So was it the Jets who cleaned? I'm sorry, Philadelphia cleaned house, right? What do you mean clean house? Was Kelly the coach Kelly oh, who exactly. like got rid of all his huh? Yeah, Ke- uh,
0: Chip Kelly in Philadelphia. And then he won the Super Bowl, so it's a bad argument on my no, he, part. He didn't, he didn't win it. He got fired. They sucked after like the first like six games with him. But then ironically, <laughs> the next Doug Peterson came in and, and ended up winning the Super Bowl. But um, that's really interesting. I've actually never heard anyone bring that angle up because it's not like Deshaun Jackson and LaShawn McCoy have been w- world beaters on either one of the teams that they've been on. I think that it's more like you let the, the, the course of – you let the shape of your team sort of take its own course. And when you lose that franchise quarterback or that, um, that sort of era when it passes and it is time to draft a quarterback, then you take advantage of that. Or if you have something like what the Chiefs had with an Alex Smith where it's like this guy can keep playing. But look, we've peaked. You know, Chris Boswell beat us single-handedly in the playoffs at home. This this era, let's be a little brave. Let's not just take the normal. Let's, you know, blow it up at that point. But that's Alex Smith. This isn't Russell Wilson. Then when it's time to draft one of those quarterbacks, then you strike and you take advantage of it. I don't think you say, like, well, I do like Deshaun Watson, but it was five good years. It's time to cut bait and just see if we can get this ragtag group of guys. Another thing with all those teams is they had great coaching, but –
1: yeah, and I, I, you know, quarterbacks clearly aren't running backs. You can you can lose a good running back. How many great quarterbacks are out there? You've got the bird in the hand, and to try to save the money because you are gonna you're gonna allocate that money more effectively. That's the height of side. How agree. many
0: extra players are you even getting from that? Like by by taking a Russell Wilson off? What does that get you? Like two more guys? Well, he's
1: gonna be a he's gonna be a thirty million plus guy.
0: So that gets you two $15 million players. That doesn't even get you one C.J. Mosley. And two C.J. Mosleys aren't taking you to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I just, I just think it's ridiculous and sort of relating it back to the Steelers. I know we're getting off topic here, guys, but let's be real. This is such a boring time of the NFL. We need the draft to come, and then we have – light years of topics to talk about but if you're relating this sort of back to the Steelers that's what I've always said with Ben I'm like you don't draft the successor you let it run its course and then you either suck for a year or you trade some assets to go up and get a new quarterback and then at that point you take advantage of that I don't think you try and create that uh, quarterback on a rookie deal um, scenario by tearing down the best parts of your team
1: so what's your bet on Russell Wilson staying or or departing for greener pastures man
0: before i i would have bet that that's psychotic but now it keeps coming up everywhere that he actually may be leaving so i think i am gonna have to place a place a bet and i am gonna place it obviously on my bookie because my bookie offers betters in all major markets and entertaining lineup of gaming options they got unique prop bets you can say hey the rumor is russell wilson wants to go to the giants because Sierra wants to live in New York. Sierra, his wife, pop star. Pop star is a relative term. She sang – does she do milkshake? My milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. That was like 15 years ago already. A, a pop – former pop star? I don't know what you'd call her. But are we going to bet that he's going to go to the Giants? You can do that on my bookie. I bet you – listen to this. This is a, this is a mind-bending interdimensional football theory here. If the Jets had any sort of balls – excuse me – They would trade Sam Darnold one for one for Russell Wilson. Yep, Seahawks would get exactly what they want, quarterback on a rookie deal, very promising top five pick. The Jets would get Russell Wilson and they'd be vaulted into Super Bowl contention for the next eight freaking years. I'm betting on the Jets because you can do that on MyBookie. They got prop bets and stuff like that. You can bet on fantasy. They also got a great mobile site so you can do it off of your phone. Remember who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. Visit MyBookie.ag online today and don't forget to use the promo code Outpost25 when creating your account to create or to claim up to $1,000 and free play you play you win you get paid as we wrap up i just had a, i was just thinking about
1: um, the state of football and, and the kind of guys you're drafting these days you know actually smaller guys quicker both both sides of the ball but what what do you think in 10 years the strategies is going to be do you think that the nfl is going to keep pressing for these high scores like the rams chief game and that's what people are interested in because as it's been throughout you know through decades, it's an arms race and the defense is going to figure something out and the offense is going to figure something out. The the confounding factor is the rules committee. And as soon as the defense figures something out, does the offense get help from – does it figure its it's own countermeasure out or does the rules committee say, oh my gosh, the scoring has dropped by 1.5 points and we need to get that back up. No bumping (laughs) within any yards. No bumping at all from the cornerbacks. Mm -hmm.
0: I agree. The the rules are the big, are are sort of the X factor. So I don't think it's ever going to go back to 1970s, 1980s scores, just because there are rules that the league has put in place in order to generate more scoring. And then they've also made other rules. Um, They would like to tell you that uh, they've made rules to increase player safety, but we know that it's really just to, decrease the blowback they've gotten from the public for not telling anybody about CTE and hiding that information for a long time. Otherwise, I feel like, you know, lifetime medical insurance could be an interesting route to take. But that that would be crazy. That would actually ensure more player safety and that really doesn't affect our bottom line whatsoever except in a negative way. But so the rules will keep it higher scoring, but hey, look, surprise surprise, the Patriots, they showed us how to do it again. They were the first ones really um, pioneering that sort of five-wide horizontal passing game uh, before the rest of the NFL caught up onto that. And then now they turned themselves into a smash-mouth, I-formation football team with Sony Michelle and fullback James Devlin, and they just pounded teams into submission all the way to one of the most boring Super Bowls we've ever seen in our life. And you're wrong if you said it's a defensive struggle. Okay, it was partially a defensive struggle, but mostly it was just boring. You can say that. The the Panthers versus the Broncos, that was a defensive struggle. That was glorious. That was like Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware making life-changing plays, not Jared Goff throwing the ball 14 yards over a wide-open receiver in the end zone's head. But I digress. I do think – um Like you said, yeah, I mean, football's played in sub-packages now, so if you can get big guys, you're going to have an opportunity to pound the rock. And the Patriots showed that really nicely. And the Jaguars, the year before, if they had a quarterback who was just a little bit better than Blake Bortles, they could have taken advantage of that too because they didn't even have a starting quarterback. They just had a big bumbler back there who handed it to Leonard Fournette, and they thrashed teams. So, you know, like, what do they say? Big, uh, small guys, fast guys, they get tired over the course of the game. But big guys, they don't get smaller over the course of games. I think that's a Phil Simsism right there. And um, hopefully the Steelers can get into a little bit of that this year and use James Conner a little bit more. And instead of finishing the year dead last in play action like the last two years <laughs> – which is that's what's happened hopefully they can pound some teams into submission a little bit more and use some play action after that but at the end of the day i don't think the scoring's ever going to be like consistently below 20 just because of the rules like you said
1: the steelers preseason schedule was released we start out with tampa bay go to kansas or two home games tampa bay and kansas city and then two away games uh texans and then for the I think the 30th year in a row, even before Carolina was a team, we're playing yep. them in the, the last game. The other thing I wanted to mention is tomorrow is April 15th. Remember it's tax day for those of you in my boat need to get hustling on that and clubs can start um, voluntary workout programs as will the Steelers do starting tomorrow.
0: Well, I love that the Steelers get to see Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson in the preseason. I wish Mahomes was the third game so you could get a little bit um better of a barometer for how the Steelers, you know, I, I think it's good to get a play against Rodgers and Mahomes or Bray or Breeze or whatever in the preseason. I think it sort of lights a fire under your butt. Um, but Deshaun Watson is no slouch by any means. So I'm glad the Steelers get two games like that in the preseason. And the draft is finally coming up. More importantly, we got Game of Thrones tonight, ladies and gentlemen. So six more weeks of that drafts coming right up. The schedule, uh, the schedule, the Steelers schedule, regular season schedule is coming out like today or tomorrow or very soon so it is about to start rolling once again i know we kind of went all over the place maybe you guys think we talked about this thought we talked about the seahawks too much that i disagree i think it's all relevant nfl info but it's about to get hot and heavy here steelers brought in deandre baker and byron murphy to first round slow first round corners in uh for visits so I'm starting to to feel that corner vibe heating up for the Steelers. We'll see what happens. We can get into a little bit more of that next week.
1: Hey, check us out on Instagram at Steelers Outpost. Hit us up. Follow us on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. Leave a note on our website, SteelersOutpost.com, or just simply send us an old-fashioned email at SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. Until next week, thanks for listening. Go Steelers.
0: Okay, bye-bye.